Welcome back to week eight of the JWB Squares, Cares, and Prayers. In this show, we communers on some studs that must be in lineups. We challenge questionable starters, and we offer some prayer flyers to help with bye weeks or filling that final flex. Now, it's not buys this week, but hopefully we can help fill those final flex. To any new listeners, I'm Skylar. This is JWB. That's Tim. This is JWB. To any returning listeners, y'all are the best. If you love fantasy football, please make sure that you subscribe our goal by the end of the season is 2,500 subscribers, and we just got over 2,000. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Now, if you are new, I will explain each section before we get into it. These squares, as we start with, squares are players that there might be some concerns around them. People are a little hesitant to put them in the lineups, and typically for good reason, but we are here to tell you you can rest easy and start these players. They're square players. They should be in your lineup. So, Tim, who is your square play of the week? Yeah, this week I'm going with Devontae Smith. I know that he's had a down year, and he's had a really big lack of touchdowns after the first two weeks. But the reason why he's my square is because I think it's really important to reinforce that he should be in your lineups. He's definitely worth playing. I think as I've watched the game, some things that really have caught my attention are that when um, Hertz gets under pressure, that's what really hurts Devontae Smith's um, ability to really earn quality targets. He'll still get targeted, but then it happens where they're underneath and he's, he's tackled like near immediately. He doesn't really even get to work his route running. So I think if we see a little bit more calm from Hertz and a little better pass protection when it comes to when the other teams bring pressure, we're going to see a better Hertz. Or I'm sorry, a better Devontae Smith. And I think that against Washington, that's definitely something that could happen this week. So for me, Devontae's still averaging seven targets per game. It's like 7.1. So he's definitely there where we want him in that threshold. We're really looking for touchdowns. And then I think he has really good quarterback matchups this week, even depending on the one or like the obviously AJ Brown's going to be the first target. Uh, to be stopped on that offense. But the other two options at cornerback are not not that great. They allow you know, above 90% uh, Q, uh, passer rating, excuse me, and above 65% uh, completion percentage or catch rate. So that's, that's pretty high. And then if we want to look at scoring, once again, on the season, 20, 25th for Washington, 29.8 points per game. And then the last four, they're at 19 or 19th with 31 points per game. So they're allowing more points, once again, the tight has risen for all boats, which is good for, for fantasy in general. But I think that this is a defense that they're going to go up against and they're going to find success. And I'm, I'm kind of concerned too, that uh, what we see from uh, Washington's run game in this game, because it might just end up being a passing, you know, passing attack on both sides. Obviously Swift is going to get his, his plays, but if Washington falls behind it might they might just be in pass mode for most of the second half. Yeah, um, again, with Devonta Smith, as you said, you're waiting for those touchdowns. They just haven't gone its way th- thus far this year. I mean, the first two weeks when he had those touchdowns, we had, you know, 17-point output, 23-point output. Things were looking pretty hot, but, you know, he's struggling to get back there since. So that does make sense. Moving, guys. I have a very similar play here for my square of the week. I have Christian Kirk, and I am here to tell you he's going to finish top 15. The ECR has him at wide receiver 18. Um The main narrative here is that the Steelers play really aggressive and Christian Kirk should be the main beneficiary. Should Trevor Lawrence play with a little bit of urgency? It's a smash week here for Kirk. He's a square pick. Plenty of major websites have Kirk outside of their top 24, which may lead managers to bench him in shower leagues due to an over-reliance on the site projections. Christian Kirk is 29th in ESPN's rankings. 
32nd in Yahoo's projections, 33rd in Sleeper's projections, 23rd in CBS projections. So my take here is to strongly urge you to play Kirk despite comparable projections to other wide receivers that may also be on your roster, right? So not all of you look at Fantasy Pro's ECR where he's at 18, but you might be looking at your site and those projections or his rankings on your site are much different. They aren't top 15 like I'm telling you, and you might end up benching him because of it. Um, Pittsburgh is allowing 42.5 points per game to wide receivers, which is 30th versus wide receivers. 32.2 of the 34.9 points that the, Ram- that the Rams scored against the Steelers last week is from the slot route alignments. 83% of Christian Kirk's fantasy points this season has come from the slot. So the Steelers are fifth in the NFL in blitz rate at 38% of dropbacks. They're ninth in quarterback pressures, which accounts for hurries, knockdowns, and sacks, whilst also having the third highest dot against them at 95 Five. So basically all of that is just a little numbers to back the narrative that I was giving here that the Steelers are going to go to get pressure. Christian Kirk or Trevor Lawrence is going to look to get the ball quick and Christian Kirk is going to be the guy to benefit here as players in Christian Kirk's role have benefited all year against them. So I'm going to go his way over. I prefer him to Devonta Smith, but as we talked a little bit with Devonta Smith, we do like Devonta Smith this week. Uh, I prefer him over DJ Moore. I prefer him over DK Metcalf and I prefer him over his teammate Calvin Ridley. Yeah, we, We've, we've talked on the offseason how much we love Kirk. I think this is a great play. You're right. Uh, Lawrence, I think, was second. So I'm going to say top five just to be safe. Last year in time to throw, he was one of the quickest passers in the game. So he knows how to do it. I actually think this is a really good Evan Ingram week, too. I think on uh, the season, I was wrong on Evan Ingram. I thought he was going to be inconsistent. He's been really consistent from week to week to week. I think he's tight end seven or eight on the season. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And the Steelers really... I, I really didn't like them getting rid of uh, Cam Sutton. So I think there's there's some opportunity for that secondary to be kind of eaten up. They really survive on the fact that TJ Watt is just amazing and tries to just kill drives because they do give up yards uh, on the back end, especially if you're going to bring pressure against a guy like Lawrence, who's just kind of uh, weathered and known uh, how to get the ball out quick, especially against pressure. So I think that this is going to be a nice, nice game for, for – um, Kirk, I th- minimum seven targets, maybe more. But I think uh, he's probably going to be splitting some targets with Ingram. And then you're just hoping that really gets open on the outside, when, which in reality, it just feels like a Kirk week, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I think seven targets is a really good number. I mean, and I love the Evan Ingram call. Um, we're not making a call for him right here, but because he's in your lineup if you have him. This guy has been very safe as a mid to middling tight end one every single week, but eight targets, eight targets, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets, seven targets. Like it couldn't, you're right. The consistency could be more there yeah. for Evan Ingram. Yeah, I was wrong on Ingram, but he was, he's been playing it just lights out ball, like double digit points almost every week. Oh yeah. I mean, we have a take on 250 players. Like we're going to have some of them wrong. Absolutely. But we're here. We, we don't plant flags on a ton of players. Something in the comments, we see a lot of times people saying, um, well, how are you on this guy where, you know, eight weeks ago, two months ago, you felt very differently. It's like, listen, as I said, with 250 players, if you planted 250 flags, you're going to be a much worse fantasy player because of it. I understand when you're not necessarily doing that, it might seem like you have your guys, you follow me, you have the guys you don't, you stick to it. But when you, when you're, when you're constantly talking about every single player, you have to grow with the new information that's provided. And, and everything is a good example of that. But moving forward, guys, our accountability section, as we always do, we review last week's performances, uh, just recapping last year, guys, we hit on 69% of these calls this year. It hasn't been as strong of a start, but again, we've been trying to really push our boundaries thus far this year. Last week, we were 5-2 and two in the week. It was my first week where I, I hit all of my calls here. Uh, we're 47% on the year, so we're still looking to improve that, but it's been growing over the last few 
week's players really quick. Uh, Deontay Johnson, we told you he's going to finish in that top 36 wide receiver 21. Uh, Chris Godwin is right on the border of our line. It was fine in your lineup or not, but he hit based on right where we had him going. Zach Moss, we had outside top 24. He was 30. Dylan, we said top 30. He was RB21. And Tyra Taylor, we had in that streaming territory. He finished his quarterback seven. The misses on the week were Trey McBride. Tight end 12 was the call. He finished at 20. Again, tight ends, the difference between 12 and 20 isn't that crazy. It didn't like absolutely kill you for Trey McBride, but obviously he didn't hit the ceiling we wanted. And then Terry McLaurin was a miss. We called for him to finish top 12. He finished a wide receiver 20. End of the day, he just didn't get the touchdown. He played fantastic in the game. They punted the ball a whole ton. You're really not hurting if you um, played Terry McLaurin, of course, and he finished at 20. You aren't complaining. So we'll take those misses. We don't have exa- uh, a conversational piece we want to take out of those players this week. We want to keep it moving, and we're going to start with our scares section now the scare section guys always put this big disclaimer we're not saying you must bench these players because typically they're good players but we are eliciting a little bit of concern we're challenging your start we're telling you if you have other options we need to look that way because these players have us worried so tim who is your scare play of the week I just want to one more thing about the scare too is that you have to understand how you're setting the rest of your lineup and this will segue right into kittle because I'm going with George Kittle this week, and I think he's going to be outside of the top 12. The reason is he's so boom-bust this season. So if you're setting your lineup and you need just more of a consistent tight end, you may go in a different direction. But if you're looking for ceiling, Kittle does provide that. But for just an example, here's Kittle's finishes on the season. Started out 34, then 32, 6, 41, 2, 52, and 8. So he's really feast or famine. He's only scored in one game. He had three touchdowns in that game, but it's the only game he scored a touchdown in. Skyler, I want to ask you, how many red zone targets do you think he's had this year? I am going to guess four. He had three. So he's 89th in red zone targets. You know how many red zone targets he's had inside the 10? Three. One. So he's not he's not in that position to be scoring touchdowns unless it's from far away. They're playing Cincinnati this week, who only allows 2.2 touchdowns a week. I'm going to assume uh, that CMC gets one if he if he's completely back healthy plays, and then you're going to best bet the other one, and I would not be betting Kittle as the, my number one option to get that other touchdown for sure. And so um, he's only broken 90 yards once this season, and so like just based on that alone, um, I just I don't think that – I don't think that he's a guy that he should be automatic in your lineup, but if you're searching for a high upside, then you do. But it just feels like a miss this week. Cincinnati's defense has been really a lot better than even what their what their numbers show. Like they're 13th in a touchdowns allowed at 2.2. But like if you look at some of the games they've played against, they've really controlled a lot of the of the entire possession and, and even on defense. So I'm I'm just concerned that this game really could be kind of low in scoring and or for the 49ers and that the Bengals come out and they, they win this game pretty much from the get go. Yeah. Um, if you take out that one game where he had the three touchdowns, he's averaging about seven fantasy points per game, which is going to be a fringe tight end one, a high tight end two. So just as you mentioned, like he's, he's not, he hasn't bent a lock in your lineup this far. And I think it's worth mentioning as well that Sam Donald probably be the quarterback play. So depending on what you think there, uh, you might not have that same red zone upside that you had with Brock Purdy. My scare for the week, guys, is Aaron Jones outside the top 24. Now, this is a running back you need to keep on your radar. He might not even play, but for right now, he is looking like he is going to be in. We're going to have to monitor late in the week if that changes, but ECR has him at running back 19 at the moment. Now, the Vikings, who they face, are the sixth best team to running backs this season. They've allowed the 16th most rushing yards, though. 
but on 3.6 yards per attempt, which is eighth in the league. The kicker here for the running backs versus Minnesota is that the running backs have been targeted the fourth least amount of times versus this defense that's blitzing at a rate way higher than the rest of the league. Only two teams have blitzed over 100 times, and the Vikings sit over 150 at 56% rate. This has led to the fourth highest hurry rate. That 56%, if you look down even at the fourth highest, which I'll talk about a little bit later, it's at 37%. So that discrepancy is absolutely huge. And we know how important the receiving game there is for Aaron Jones. Now, fantasy options versus the Minnesota Vikings, it's really just come from wide receivers after the catch, leading to the sixth most yards after catch and the fifth most fantasy points against wide receivers. Now, Aaron Jones is a hard start given everything we've mentioned, but also his injury concerns. The slow start his really odd usage. Jones is only getting 11 opportunities per game in the three he's played and has yet to surpass 50% of the team's snaps when he is out there. Managers clinging on to the 25-plus point outing in week one, they're probably going to have to wait a little bit longer for their Aaron Jones resurgence. Yeah, and those receiving numbers are very indicative of a team that blitzes a lot because they give up yards after catch because they allow one-on-one opportunities, and if the, the wide receiver breaks it, breaks the tackle, he's pretty much gone. So I 100% concur with this. Uh, the Packers' offensive line is also pretty banged up and pretty terrible at many spots. So they've kind of o- overgrown their welcome when it comes to them being a good line. They're just they're just getting old. They're just kind of breaking down. And like you said, there's going to probably be a split in this game from the backfield. So. I want to see how, how Love does with pressure here. Uh, we, are, we already kind of knew, unless he was finding opportunities up the field with receivers that are just open, that he's really not finding success, throwing guys open and getting a bunch of yardage. So once again, if they do anything well against Aaron Jones, he's probably not going to not gonna hit the levels that you're expecting. All right, guys. Our prayer section, as always, the really fun section, but the hardest hit here, we are telling you players that are maybe at the end of your bench or right there on your waiver wire for you to pick up and you can play this week. I'm going to shake it up a little bit because typically I go straight to Tim, but you should stay to the end of this section. If you are just watching the clip, please stay to the end of this section. I'm going to give you a little bonus at the end. So I'm actually going to start first. Tim's going to take second. I'm going to start things off here with Kendrick Bourne. I'm going to say he's finishing top 36 on the week. Now, ECR has him at wide receiver 44. Since week two, Kendrick Bourne's dot has shot up nearly from five yards per target to over nine yards per target, which is Excellent in value per target. Uh, over the last two weeks, efficiency is also picked back up with Jones and Bourne connecting on 16 of their 18 targets. Bourne has 21% of the team targets on the year. Now, we were scared off early in the season based on the usage of Devontae Parker when he came back versus the Dolphins in week two. But Parker has been sent back to the periphery with Kendrick Bourne stepping up as the mainstay in the Patriots passing attack. Uh, Miami's all of the eighth most fantasy points of wide receivers this year and Bourne drew nine targets in their last meeting. It was evident the last time out that Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones connecting was necessary for the Patriots to keep up. And they began to force the ball down this way in the second half after a slow start feeding Devontae Parker instead. Now, Devontae Parker is a lesser part of this offense this go around. I like Kendrick Bourne to have a wide receiver floor. I think with a wide receiver two ceiling on what should be a target share similar to what he's seen over the last two weeks, which is 29.5% of this team's targets if there's one passer or pass catcher in this offense that i want a part of it's going to be kendrick Bourne. i'd play kendrick Bourne over tyler lockett deandre hopkins jerry judy and christian watson name a few that might seem bold but i like kendrick Bourne as a play this week yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's that bold i think it's the right play um just based on the matchup especially with miami they're gonna have to try to score points and i think that that's a way that you can beat them is deep because I, I was actually looking at Ramondre as an opportunity to put him in, in as my 
my uh, square play, but I just I didn't feel comfortable enough about it because I think that defense plays really well going forward. Um, Van Ginkle and the the guys that that rush the outside will bring pressure, but if they don't get there, it gives Bourne a really good opportunity to beat his man and get some chunk plays for sure. I like this play a lot. And same with Kittle. It's uh, when saying about like ceiling and floor plays, this is a great ceiling play. Yeah. And I think the floor, as I said, wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four, no, I, four, I, I, I agree with you that. It doesn't but... kill you, right? If he's in your flex and he finishes as wide receiver 44 in the week where ECR has him, it's not going to bury no. you. But I do no. think he could finish at wide receiver 15 on the week, which would be a smash play if he's your flex. Yeah. I won't be surprised if there's some way there's like a multi touchdown game from him at all. There we go. Now, Tim, who is your prayer play of the week? You know, I'm going Rasheed Rice, and I don't want to I, – I hate running hype train or running, like, the hot player names, but I really do actually believe in what I'm seeing from him. Um, the really the inconsistent part has been the snap share, but the consistent part has been the targets. He's been out-targeted twice since, uh, since week three from any other KC pass catcher that's not named Travis Kelsey, and it was um, Kadarius Tony. and Kadarius Tony has never finished higher than him since week three. So even when Kadarius Tony got one extra target two weeks in a row, it didn't matter. And Rasheed Rice, the last three weeks, has been top 38 or better. Or I'm, I'm sorry, top 34 or better. So he's already kind of finding his niche. And in this offense, Mahomes is going to find you if you're open. And he's proving that. And the way that he's proving that is that um, he's ninth right now in red zone targets. Um, he, I'm sorry, he's 10th in red zone targets. He's ninth in red zone touchdowns. He's fifth in catch percentage inside the red zone. And inside the 10, he's only got two less targets than Kelsey and one less touchdown. So for me, he's he's very involved in the in the money zone areas, especially that that helps you with um, getting to those thresholds of him being a startable player. Now, I understand uh, it, it's, it is kind of boomer bust because of the fact that uh, we're looking at um, five, tar- five and a half targets a game with 4.2 receptions the last five games. So... It's not a huge workload that we're looking at, but I think that workload is going to grow the more that he proves himself to be a consistent target because it's obvious that um, Patrick Mahomes looks for him, especially in the red zone. So why can't he look for him, you know, in more wide open spaces in the middle of the field? I don't think that or like middle between the 40s or something like that. I think that's definitely an opportunity for his role to grow. And what we're going to talk about MVS. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony trying to take his role. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, he's definitely a player who's uh, upped the ante here. He's jumped up in our rankings for Dynasty. We talked about him this week. If you guys are into Dynasty, go check out the Clips catalog in the description. And go that take was a great show. Hey, look, look at yeah, go take a look at our conversation on Rashi Rice for this last week. But it is at least uh, optimistic here. Three weeks in a row where he has taken the correct step, the step in the correct direction there for snap percentage. As you mentioned, it's around like five targets per week. Now, one good thing I, I do like, it is more of a boom bust play. You are right. It's a true prayer. Absolutely. But he has either found the red zone or had a big play in the last three weeks. And th- that has the trust of Patrick Mahomes either downfield or in the red zone for all of the numbers that you mentioned. So I do think he can get it done in more than one way. And it's just not that much competition in that wide receiver room. I do like Rashi Rice's uh, ability for the rest of the season, the opportunity for him to continue to improve. And these next two weeks against Denver and Miami leading into the bye week are two fantastic weeks to get things going for him, especially coming off of Minnesota, Denver, and Los Angeles, right? He torched, uh, he had a, well, he didn't torch him, but he, had, he did have that long catch against Denver a couple weeks ago. They gave him a double digit fantasy outing for you. And I, I, I do think that he has it in him to get that done again this week. 
Okay, guys, my bonus, as I alluded to earlier, is going to be Sam Darnold finishing at the top 18 play here. Now, ECR still has him at quarterback 26. I don't know if they really move up here or if that's a little slow because Brock Purdy is still sitting around quarterback 30. So I know some managers still have uh, a little bit of concern whether or not Purdy is going to go. So this is a contingency call based on whether or not Purdy is good to go. However, Purdy uh, has to clear concussion protocols, and I wouldn't bet he does so because no player who's entered in week into the protocols has ended up playing the following weekend. So just based on what we've seen thus far this season, I would say Brock Purdy should not be playing. Now, the best three quarterback performances versus the Bengals, who the 49ers have this week, who are the 10th best against quarterbacks, came in games where the quarterback had at least four rushing attempts. Darnold averaged four, over four rushing attempts in his six-game sample from 2022. So we know that he has a little bit of that mobility where the quarterbacks who really struggled against the Bengals did not have that same level of mobility. That should offer a fringe quarterback two floor here, and this is more for your super flex uh, leagues here with a mid to high quarterback two ceiling on a 49ers offense scoring a passing touchdown on 5.7% of their attempts. This mark is a compliment to Brock Purdy, of course, but also a credit to a Shanahan offense that had Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, both over 5% touchdown rate in their, in their starts over the two seasons prior. So if Sam Donald can keep things under control, He's a sweet pickup and play in all Superflex formats where he's widely available at the time of recording, uh, over 90% at the time of recording. He's a little bit of a tougher play in one quarterback, but a risky one that you can consider in 14 teamers or leagues with minimal streaming options available where maybe your starter has been or is injured. Your Deshaun Watson managers, your Daniel Jones managers, he might be the best option out there for you because you might not have a Matthew Stafford or play there out there for you who is a comparable play this week. So I think Sam Darnold is a, a free play for you this week. One of the benefits too is that he has CMC. So with that being said, is that he gives you very easy opportunities to, to put touchdowns on the quarterback stat line. And that's not something you can overlook because they've already shown this year that that's definitely a method in which they like to pursue. So I think that it is it is possible that he gets to that mark. And like I said, in super flex leagues, you can find way worse matchups and way worse offensive systems to, to be a part of to try to score points. I don't I don't hate this at all. Um, I'm just I'm worried about the ceiling. But if you're looking at it as a QB two on a super flex squad, I think it's a very easy play. Yeah, well, quarterback twos are not easy to come by in Superflex a lot. I mean, I have a couple leagues right now, even in Superflex, he's and it's managers that are paying absolute attention. There's no starters on the waiver wire, and Sam Donald is still sitting there. So I, I do think in a lot of your leagues, if you are a manager who's active and you're watching this, he is a player that will be there out there for you. Hey guys, so as we did the last couple of weeks, we have a little bonus section here. Now, these are players we had a little less conviction on but players that we do think that you can look to in the categories we mentioned earlier uh i have a few i'll ramble through them tim if you want to cut me off at any point you absolutely can do so uh one player right off the bat i think russell wilson who is ecr quarterback 13 is a tough play for me for several reasons i think that he could finish outside the top 15 there are other options i would look for if you are streaming in a one quarter I believe please make sure that you check out our rankings you can find the link for it in the description at jwbfantasyfootball.com where we post that every single week at running back I like AJ Dillon to finish top 30 this is if the Aaron Jones does not go we just made that call I said I had him outside my top 24 if he doesn't go then I'm playing AJ Dillon regardless now I don't think he's going to finish higher than where Aaron Jones could but top 24 backs are really hard to come by and I do think he fills into that top 30 like he has the last few weeks uh in the same game 
Christian Watson top 36. If he plays, he's at ECR wide receiver 51 right now. Uh, he's leaning towards playing, as we mentioned with Minnesota. They're so strong versus the run, but they struggle against yards after the catch there. Green Bay's going to need Christian Watson if they're going to have any success. And again, that's really important for the division. And in the same way, if Christian Watson does not go, I think Romeo Dobbs, who's currently sitting at ECR wide receiver 46, is going to be a very good play because, again, it's the passing attack that's going to get it done versus Minnesota. Last week, Tim told you, well, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a great play. If DK Metcalf ends up missing, DK Metcalf did not play. He smashed last week for you, finished top 36, and I think he gets it done again this week. We've got DK Metcalf, as of recording today, limited with a hip injury in practice, Tower Lockett limited with a hamstring injury. So Jackson Smith and Jigba should be right back on that streaming radar. And the last name I have here for you is Drake London. Is why does he were 33 in ECR? And I think there's a very good chance he finishes top 24 this week. We talked about Tennessee at lengths all year and how poor they are against wide receivers. Uh, so it's just a matchup that I love attacking this week. Yeah, I got a couple. I think Bobo is actually an opportunity too because I don't think I don't think Lockett plays. And if then Metcalf's out for sure, then you have Bobo and JSN. And they've both already proven that they're capable of handling targets and knowing what to do with them. As well, uh, Dobbs against Minnesota. Minnesota's 29th on the season in fantasy points. A lot of wide receivers that are 32nd the last four weeks. So they've gotten even worse. So they're definitely a defense that you can attack. And then London versus Tennessee. Tennessee's uh, been pretty terrible against wide receivers all year, 28th and then 23rd the last four weeks. And I think that's just based on pace of play. They're going to be playing either Willis, Levis, or both. And there could be a turnover city for Atlanta and then see what they do with it in the red zone as they get uh, the ball in positive territory. So pretty fun games. And I, I I like Pickens this week. I don't want to put my stamp on it because he's very high. And I don't think it really helps anyone to be like Pickens. But I, Pickens has been very consistent, very consistent targets in production. So I think he's a guy you can definitely have faith putting in your lineup. And... Um, and Deontay Johnson, to add to you, just mm. did not practice today. So that could that could go back to George Pickens. Although he did thrive with Deontay Johnson. At least taking some of that attention away from him. Uh, but I think it's worth noting for George Pickens' case that Deontay Johnson may not go this week with his hamstring, unfortunately. And I want to talk about Jaden Reed real quick. I know that he scored a touchdown last week, but he wasn't even targeted. That wasn't towards him. But he does have the opportunity in terms of like yards after catch. But it to me, I, I want him to get consistent targets. I, I'm, I'm hoping for like six to seven once again for me to be like, yeah, this is the play I want. So I'm not telling you to play Reed. I'm just more or less commenting on the situation that he is the type of wide receiver that I would expect to do pretty well against the Vikings. But I'm not I'm not banking on the target share he's currently got. I think a big takeaway there is we're saying the running backs are a little scary here against Minnesota, but the wide receivers should have a day. Christian Watson, if he's going, is the ideal wide receiver to play against Minnesota, but he also may not go. So we told you Romeo Dobbs is a smash if Christian Watson's not there to go. And Tim's telling you, especially in your deeper leagues, Jaden Reed should be on the radar if Christian Watson does not go. I agree with that take. Uh, I think if Chris Watson doesn't go, six targets is absolutely reasonable. But that does it for us here, guys, for this episode. As I mentioned, when we got started, our goal for the end of the season is 2,500 subscribers. We just crossed 2,000. Now, a couple things before we get out of here. In the description, you can find a link to the Clips category. As I mentioned, we have taken every single player. You'll see it for Dynasty leading up to the season and week to week. It's really self-explanatory. Once you go in there, definitely go check it out. And if we don't have a, a recent player take in there for you, jump in our free Discord. The link is also in the description where you can come in. There's conversations going all the time. And also you can ping one of us and request some player takes for whatever format. And if we can, we'll fit them into a video there 
for you uh, in there as well. As I mentioned, the Patreon, you can ask us a million questions, plus some bonus content, a bunch of Dynasty stuff, Dynasty rankings, Dynasty values, Dynasty roster reviews, less than a dollar a week. Go check it out. And um, all things JWB Fantasy Football is just that, JWB Fantasy Football on all platforms, at JWB underscore FF on Twitter. The pin tweet has where you can find every single person on the team, all of their work. They're all doing great things. Make sure you go follow all of them, including Tim there at Nubs2Ns2Bs. But that does it for us, and I'll catch you guys next time.